We recorded this episode of Shat Bagley before the sad passing of our beloved Queen Elizabeth II. Our thoughts and prayers are with her family. Thank you for your service, Mum, for your devotion, your dedication, a lifetime of service. It was an honour and a privilege to have you as our Queen. God bless. Shack Bagley. Hello and welcome to another episode of Shack Bagley. All things loose and disorderly with me Katie Johnson and my good friend Howard Middleton from the Great British Bake Off. We're on episode number 80, which also happens to be the percentage of the world's silk from China. Days around the world in Jules Verne's novel and new mattresses ordered by the Pasha Brothel in Cologne in preparation for the 1999 EU summit. Gosh. If you were with us last week, poor old Howard had a problem in the downstairs area and sadly it got worse and ended up back in hospital and at one stage we thought he'd have to pull out of Ludlow Food Festival which starts today. Fortunately, he didn't, but only because the doctor advised him to stop running for now and do brisk walks instead and suggested he wear a certain accessory in the future, which is what we were chatting about before we finally got down to the business of old recipe books. You probably need a jock strap for running. Oh, right, okay. I think I might wear something else as well. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> do they still make those? They must do. It's a horrible name, know. isn't it? I don't it's, it's know. It's a horrible name. Yeah, this is it. I, do, I need, to, uh, need to do some research. Well, <laughs> there I'll be again doing research for jock straps on Google. What will it come up with? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know whether we have ever ever mentioned about kind of saving money and uh, left using up leftovers and things like that. <laughs> and have we talked about leftovers? No, before? no. <laughs> I don't think we have, have we? I don't. Do you have many leftovers? No. No. This is this is what surprised me. I I I I looked through all of the books that I've got, and I thought, you know, you can rely on certain people to have stuff about leftovers well they did nothing except for elizabeth craig she came to the rescue she's actually got a um a whole chapter on kind of saving money and using leftovers and oh. things like that so right. i thought this is this the... but i could understand certain things like egg whites mm -hmm. and egg yolks you know if you're doing something that might use one or the other mm -hmm. some good ideas for using them although i'm not sure one of the main ideas for using egg whites uh, would be up my street. It's called prune fluff. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's, that's, and I know I shouldn't say it, but that's an adolescent, isn't it? <laughs> it is. <laughs> Show us your prune fluff. <laughs> that's that's Howard Middleton, age thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> but and it, it's, it doesn't get any better when you read the uh, the recipe for it. So it's three three egg whites that she's got left over from something, teaspoon of lemon juice, half a pint of stewed stoned prunes, mm. and, mm, and two and a half tablespoons of caster sugar. I know we shouldn't be derogatory about about prunes because they're a, 
the prunes are nice and they they have a purpose, don't they? But uh, but yeah, drain the prunes, chop them finely, stir in the sugar and lemon juice, beat the egg whites to a stiff dry froth, then fold in the prune mixture, turn into a buttered baking dish and bake in a slow oven for 20 to 25 minutes. So it literally is just like prunes and a bit of a meringue egg white and it's like, Mm, what, can't wait. What colour is that going to come out of? I've come out as it'll be. Yeah, because ooh. it's not. It's not even that you've laid the prunes on the bottom and then piped the mm. egg white on top, so it has a little bit of a white relief. It's going to be all mixed together, isn't it? Yes. It's it's going to be brown. Oh. It's. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, some of the other things that she has left over. I don't know whether she's running a little B and B or what. <laughs> uh, dripping. Left. What to do with leftover dripping? Apparently, children love it in mashed potato. Oh, even better than butter. Oh, okay. um, leftover marrow. Yes, I often have a leftover marrow. Oh, <laughs> now just just hold that thought when we when we'll come back to marrow because I've found something with marrow. Oh mm, yes, carry on. All right. Oh, well, shall I <laughs> tell you? you? Oh, I know, Did you want to insert your marrow earlier? Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> tell you're on those drugs still, lovely. Right. Let me have. To, of course, I've got to find my marrow now. So this is I found in the One Made Cookery Book, which oh. is from 1913. The One Made Cookery Book does indeed have marrow jam. Oh. Do you know, I think we've been somewhere that had marrow jam. We stayed stayed in a pub that was sort of like a B&B type place. Mm. And they'd got homemade marrow jam on the side. And I remember opening the jar and thinking, not sure I like that layer of, of mould that's <laughs> on the top of it. <laughs> Pop that to one side and have marmalade instead, please. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's green marrow, lemons and sugar, and that is all. Choose a dark green and unripe marrow. Oh, unripe marrow. Oh, that's interesting. Oh. So you wouldn't be able to do it with your leftovers, would you, if it's got no, to be unripe? No, because you'd have presumably already stewed it or yeah. roasted it or something. Yeah. yeah. Peel, cut into pieces of about an inch and weigh. Each three pounds of fruit, add the juice and very finely cut rind of, wrap of, of a lemon. Anyway, going back to your, your marrow then. So you can't use this for marrow jam because it's got to be uh, unripe. The marrow, you, it, it's pretty straightforward. It's just like mashing it up and adding it to other, other things, which is fine. But the other one that surprised me, leftover fried eggs. So... What? <laughs> oh, she is. She's done a service, hasn't she? She's done a, a, yeah, breakfast. Yeah, I think so. She's done a breakfast. All right. <laughs> <laughs> somebody's left a fried egg on the plate i'll have that yeah oh so she's li lining a bit a, ba a fireproof baking dish with spinach seasoned and moistened with butter place leftover fried eggs on top she's got more than one cover with a cheese sauce allowing two tablespoons for each egg or you can put them in sandwiches apparently fried egg <laughs> who knew who knew <laughs> Can I just say something about marrows? Yeah. They improve our vision, make our bones stronger, strengthen our immunity system, our immunity system, and also helps to improve blood circulation and energy level. Today. From a marrow. Oh. Wow. If, if only they'd just got a bit more flavour. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Now, do marrows are they marrows in America? Are marrows marrows in? Oh. 
Next fellow, I don't know, Marrow in Ameri- American Marrow. Sequel to American Graffiti or something. <laughs> I was thinking that sounds rather nice, doesn't it? Marrow in America. Is it the zucchini? Because that's the courgette, isn't it? Because isn't it the same thing? I don't, th- I don't know. Oh, good Lord. In culinary context, marrows are treated as a vegetable, usually cooked and presented as a savoury dish or accompaniment. Botanically, marrows are fruit, a type of botanical berry, being the swollen ovary of the marrow oh. flower. <laughs> Do you know any talk about that area? It's still... <laughs> It's still painful to me. Although, what did you? What did I've I say? I've not got any ovaries. No, but then I said to you, I haven't got testicles. You've got what? When I was trying to be sympathetic. Oh yes, said... you you said to me, I haven't got any testicles. Yeah, no. it was a revelation that. Yeah. But then it was, um... haven't you? Because <laughs> I said if I'd had some, I would have let you have them. Oh, thank you. Oh, they might call them a green squash. Yeah. I wonder if they do. Yes, that does sound more American squash, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. They're grown competitively in the United Kingdom. And isn't that strange how people do grow things as a competition? Yes. Because you, you can't eat them. I... They're too big. They, no. they, you, yeah. you don't understand why you grow something not to be able to eat it. No. I had a little surprise earlier. <laughs> walking back <laughs> down the little ramp near the main road there's a, a sunflower just appeared oh. out of nowhere out of the crack in the pavement Good Lord. it's like isn't it strange how because sunflowers are grown for comp- competitive uh, reasons as well aren't they they are although yeah. the closest we do round here is the tallest nettle which doesn't quite have the same does it <laughs> Aesthetic oh, but or... no, but it sounds very, it, it honestly, it does sound very countryside, doesn't it? <laughs> the tallest, have to do me, arches again, tallest nettle. The record for the world's largest marrow is currently held by Brad Worston. He sounds like he should grow vegetables, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Brad Worston yeah. of the Netherlands. He presented a giant marrow weighing 93.7 kilos, which is 206.5 pounds at the Dutch Giant Vegetable Championships in September 2009. Good Lord. How, how do you present something that weighs that much? It's like, <laughs> you take it off me quick. Whatever. <laughs> clear the way, clear the way. Yeah. Oh, gosh, that would hurt, wouldn't it, if you dropped? Oh, yeah. Oh, the Marrow Song, a British song published on the 16th of December 1952. Also known as no. Oh What a Beauty. Well, I don't remember that, do you? Oh What a Beauty. I've never seen one as something like that, isn't it? Was that Did it? Go like that? I don't ah. know. As well as being issued in a sing- on a single in January 53, it also featured in a UK television advertisement for the co-op supermarket in 2013. The song was performed in the 1969 film Kez as well. Oh, Marrow also plays an important role in Wallace and Gromit. The Curse of the Weir Rabbit. <laughs> oh, the character of Gromit's devoted to growing a large marrow. Oh. Gosh. Oh, and Howard. Agatha Christie's detective Hercule Poirot often expresses his desire to retire and grow vegetable marrows. No. 
Really? That's what he says. I can't believe how, how, how exciting the marrow is. Oh. We thought it was pretty... It's, yeah. We underest we've underestimated the marrow. Underestimated the marrow, yeah. Mm. Should we get a badge made? We underestimated the marrow. Oh, that, that people would really want to start a conversation with you, wouldn't they? If you had a badge saying that. <laughs> it's a very big badge. Could we not just have I love marrows or something? <laughs> I heart marrows. <laughs> um so do you want a bit more from this book I got with the one maid? Oh yes. Yeah. It's it's Mistress A. E. Congreve, nineteen thirteen Vintage Recipes Cookbook. Says as a forward, the conditions of living are fast changing. It's bearing in mind this is 1939. Mm. The number of gentle people living in small houses and flats run with one maid or with no maid at all is rapidly increasing. Is it? The one maid book of cookery is specially written with a view to those modern conditions. It is a book of cookery, not a book of recipes, and as such must be read if to be of any real use. It is strongly urged that the chief methods of cookery, together with their principles, be mastered before practical work is started. It is hoped that the one made book of cookery, aptly named by its publisher, may help in the attainment of that peace of mind and harmony within to which all aspire. Oh. Do you aspire? But what I do aspire, but I'm just worried about if somebody's bought the, the book, you know, and has got one made and then. And then they lose the maid. What what do they do then? <laughs> well, I don't mean if they've lost her. I say, where's the maid? You, she's under a marrow. <laughs> she was going for the world record. <laughs> and she was presenting oh. it and did herself a mischief. Oh, no. One must have to, the follow-up has to be the no-maid cookery book, doesn't it? Exactly, mm, yeah. I see yeah. where you're going with this. It's, it's, like, it's like Jamie Oliver did those kind of 30-minute meals, didn't he? And then did a 15-minute meal. And, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I, I struggled with the 30-minute ones. <laughs> yes. Have you ever heard of Angel's Food? Angel food cake, or no? It just says angels food, and it has four ingredients, and that's it. You were going to have something to drink. What? You're right. You have something to drink. It's just an empty glass. Oh. It's just you know, like when you're on TV <laughs> and you see them, and they're they're drinking, and they have coffee or whatever, mm. and you think there's nothing in that cup. Uh, <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's like that with the glass. Did so you... it just makes listeners believe that I'm drinking. Do you know what arrived on our doorstep today? What? A box of 12 bottles of wine. Oh. Yeah, but not for me, not for Glyn. It's for Ludlow. Really? Uh, yes. What, well, is that somebody that's cooking with wine? No, she's all. doing food and wine tasting. But, ah. Hang on. Food and wine matching, that's it. Food and wine matching. Anyway, back to Angel's Food. It is oranges, yeah. bananas, coconut and sugar. And I don't, that's it really. And they all just mix together in a glass dish with sugar. Sprinkle liberally, liberally with grated coconut. It's called Angel's Food, according to the One Made Cookbook. Mm. And then I, I, think she's, I think she's having an easy life, this maid, if that's all she's got to do. <laughs> and then I became quite obsessed with Fanny, because you know you were saying about Fanny Farmer last week. Yeah. Well, I looked into some of the things that she did, and they're amazing. And it's quite a few, so I won't come up with all of them. But one's curried apples. So, oh. yeah, I quite like the look of that. So it's wipe, pair and core six sour apples and arrange in a baking dish. 
Mix one half cup brown sugar, a teaspoon of curry powder and one tablespoon of melted butter. Fill cavities with mixture, pour three fourths cup of chicken stock in dish, bake until apples are soft, basting every six minutes. I quite like the sound of that as well. What cavities is she filling? Yes, I Cavity. know. <laughs> <laughs> Not your own. Not your own. <laughs> and then this one, I'm just going to show you it because this is a Fanny Farmer candies. And it's, um, <laughs> I'll show you it. It's from 1953. Here you go. Got to read it out, H. Oh, how to make gay Christmas decorations with Fanny Farmer candles. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd love that. I That's lovely, a lovely would. little illustration. It yeah. is. So I shall put that on our Instagram and um, yeah. our Facebook pages. But yeah, I thought that maybe we should do that for Christmas, Howard. That's mm, what we should do. Lovely. Talking of Fanny, the other person that did have some quite useful tips for leftovers was our uh, friend Fanny Craddock. Oh. So, yeah, she's got a section in this book, Problem Cooking, which is how to use up savoury leftovers. In her typical style, she says, in France and Belgium, and I can't even read this because it's, La d'accommoder les restes is the name given to using up leftovers artfully and artistically. Oh. So, yeah, so apparently they... they um, to, to use up, what does it mean? Lot d'accommoder like this. The art of accommodating less leftovers, I think. What's that chap's name? From years, from months and months and months ago. Oh, yeah. He'll know. He'll know. He'll be able to say that one. Do you want me to find yeah. it? What was his name? What was his name? Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, oh, not H. Charles Aznavour, was it? Charles Aznavour, no. <laughs> oh, what was it? You know when you're trying to remember somebody's name, do you do what I do and go through the alphabet? Yes, A, B, C, <gasps> B, I'm not B. sure. There was somebody with B. B. Ah, there was a chap here called Bruno Albuz. Was it him? Ah, that's him. Yeah. It so it was B. B for Bruno. It was. You were right. I found Bruno, but I can't I remember whether he is the guy that pronounces no, things or whether he, he I don't know if we've just put two people together. And <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what a shame. We'll not sleep tonight now. I know. Mm. I know. Oh. Um, so other than so what we were saying. Oh, Fanny Craddock. Yeah. Her using up savoury leftovers so she's saying you know corned beef hash and cope with but she does this thing called sandwich supper oh which sounds very very funny credit so basically leftover ingredients sad stale party sandwiches <laughs> filled with any savoury mixture two egg whites three ounces of sifted flour three fluid ounces of cold water frying oil and salt and basically what she does is she takes the leftover sandwiches and makes like a sort of batter for them a bit like a tempura batter huh? and fries them oh and that's that's your sandwich supper <laughs> but because you might want something to accompany these i mean she does suggest 
serving them with any sauce which is complementary to the sandwich filling. You look very nice today. Yeah. You look very nice yeah. today. <laughs> <laughs> or a vegetable accompaniment would be three small cooked Brussels sprouts. Uh, dip each in the given batter and fry as for the sandwiches. Oh. So you've got <laughs> fried, deep fried sandwiches and deep fried Brussels sprouts. I can't, I can't. That's going to sit very heavy on you, isn't it? <laughs> mm. yeah. But I can, I can just imagine Panic Credit going around. You know, like sometimes when you've been in, in an office or uh, been at a function or something like that. Mm. I remember when we had my dad's memorial service, they, we got a buffet there. And, uh, you know, there was some left over and people are sort of saying, well, I'll take, I'll take some back with me. <laughs> you can just imagine Fanny Craddock doing that, can't you? <laughs> We're going to fry these sandwiches later. <laughs> For Johnny. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I bought some pink shoes. You bought some pink shoes? Yeah. <laughs> How lovely! Are these are these you you Crocs? Yes. Oh. Yes. It, yeah. Well, they've got a reduction um, on sale of certain colours, and you kind of think, well, yes, because they're not very popular. And one of the colours is pink. And it was whilst I was at yeah. the hairdressers yesterday, and I, oh, it takes ages. I'm there for nearly four hours, so I was sitting there, and it came up, and I thought, right, I need advice. So I asked the girls in the hairdressers, "Am I too old for pink shoes?" To which they said, "Yeah." Well, I, no. I, but yes, but I felt guilty because they're not going to go. Yes, you are, Katie. Are they really? Yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of as unfair. soon as you've you've gone out of the door. Yes, she is. I didn't like saying. But... <laughs> oh, and I, with, with the hairdressers in mind, I sat next to a lovely lady. She's very tall and and very slim, you know. And she was so lovely, and she was saying she was married for sixty two years. So your brain click kicks in, doesn't you think? Well, she's got to be. She's got to be at least 80 years old. She didn't look 80. And she was waiting for her yeah. husband. Husband popped his head through the through the door. He, he did open it first. And <laughs> there he was. Jeans, trendy top, full head of hair. Um, he, he was quite stocky. Yeah. And uh, I said to her, how old's your husband, you mind me asking? We're both 83. Wow. wow. They looked phenomenal. They really wow. did. So I said, well, gosh, I, I, you look amazing. <laughs> I did. Anyway, um, what was I talking about? Pink shoes. Oh, yes. Yeah. So whilst I was waiting for Mr. Set, not Set, because it sounds like I've had a perm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do they still do perms? Hmm. Yeah, still, I don't know if they still do shampoo and set or whatever, oh. but... <laughs> little tiny curl, tiny little rollers, aren't they? Little tiny curls. Oh, God love them. Um, and then I thought, right, I'll, I'll ask our mutual friend and the, the one we have to say who sowed the seed with regards to this podcast, our Claire. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So uh, anyway, a message said, am I, t <laughs> am I too old for pink shoes? Anyway, she said no as well. So I thought, right, I'm going to buy these pink shoes. I don't think they'll be here ready for Ludlow. Sadly. Oh. I know, I know, I know. What a shame. You could have got your leg up on, on the counter to show people. <laughs> I very much doubt I'd be able to get my leg up there, lovely. Uh, yeah. And if I did get it up, I'm not quite sure I'd be able to get it down again. Um, it's going back. I'll just slip, slip, slip one off and, <laughs> and wave it. That would have been better. <laughs> yeah, why didn't we think of that? <laughs> Uh, and when was the last time you walked through a graveyard? 
at dusk. I, <laughs> I can't remember ever having walked through a graveyard at dusk. A few years ago, I did a food festival and tried to find somewhere quite cheap to stay. And uh, it was in London. It was in London, <laughs> uh, one of the kind of suburbs or outskirts of London. I can't remember where, where it was now. Uh, and I was in this room that was right next to the graveyard. And I, I thought, don't know how I feel about this, to be perfectly honest, you mm -hmm. know, but uh, I was I was all right. I survived the night. And th thankfully, it was only one night I was there. So, Well, we went to see some friends on Sunday night yeah. and um, we'd never been to their, their home. So we took off and met up with a couple of others and uh, oh, the most beautiful kitchen extension. You'd have loved it, Howard. All open plan mm -hmm. and oh, gorgeous. Nice. Anyway, we had a lovely meal and then it started to go a bit dark and Lou stood up and said, oh, let's go and walk the dogs just before it gets really dark. So um, there was four of us went out and had a walk, all girls. And he said, oh, yes, we've put this new fence up and we've put a gate in it so we can get out to walk the dogs. So I opened this gate. <laughs> we were directly in the graveyard. Oh, wow. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I don't know about you, it's, it, you've got to be kind of respectful, haven't you? And I felt... Ooh, yeah, yeah. I want to be treading yeah. over. Anyway, there was a footpath all the way round. So we did two circuits. This was obviously something that they do on a regular basis. So we did the one circuit and their dog is a spaniel. Bring a spaniel who are a little bit crazy, aren't they? So the second circuit came round and um, Louise and her daughter were in front of us. And then myself and the friend Jules was with Harvey walking behind. And then Misty the spaniel, <laughs> please don't think badly, was on a grave. And then she started digging under the stone. The stone had fallen oh. and she was digging under the stone. And now bearing in mind it was dusk, she mm. brought something out of underneath the stone. Oh, no. So out it came. There was no noise. Yeah. So I thought, well, it's, it's not alive. But we said, um, uh, Lou, 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 Misty's got something. Well, they promptly started to scream and run away. So... <laughs> So the dog then chased them, which was good because then obviously not with us. But we couldn't decipher what it was in a mouth. Yeah, so they were yeah. piddling off. Next door, Jules was having a bit of a thromby. Anyway, all was well. It was an old um, ball. Oh, gosh, we shouldn't really oh, talk about that. <laughs> Are we allowed to talk about that still? Are we? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Although I haven't told you, when you message me, and said, I woke up to the news that you might not be able to come to Ludlow. The word I uttered out of my mouth was, balls. <laughs> <laughs> and then as soon as I did it, I thought, well, yes, oh. but no. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So this dog oh. had a ball in its mouth. Well, I'll tell you. Wow. I know. I know. But why was it hidden? She must have hidden it, mustn't she, and gone to find it or something. Because it's not something you'd leave. What you think? You think she she'd hidden it there in the first place? I think or so. Or do you think? Yeah, dogs just just kind of seek out balls. What? what? I, I'm gonna have to stand up. <laughs> stand up a bit more if you need to. Is it really painful? No, it's fine. I've I've undone me I've undone my shorts. I'm not standing up that much. <laughs> Loosen things off a bit. Did you ever get a donut? No. Uh, I've got a cinnamon roll, but that's not going to do the same job, is it? <laughs> um, so we'll see you soon. Yeah. Oh, that'll be lovely. Yay. 
can't really say will we recognize each other because we see each other every week on this don't yeah, we? yeah of course we will yeah no we'll be fine I've, I've, the only thing i've got to worry about is what shirts to bring <laughs> which, which shirts will katie approve of have we still got that nice <laughs> check one i've got the check I one yeah one. does it still fit yeah well, it will, because your tummy's gone. Yeah, it's, it's definitely gone down. I know the, the nurse who, who did the initial, not inspection, what do they call it? Examination. Like a, <laughs> examination, that's it. He was saying, do, do you smoke? I said, no. He said, do you drink? Uh, I said, <laughs> well, yeah, a bit, but not recently. I said, I've done like over a month, well over a month, six weeks, you know, uh, without alcohol, do you feel better for it? He said, "It's like, yeah, I suppose so, but not always." <laughs> Have you noticed though? Since you stopped drinking, you've you've been poorly. You've done yourself a mischief. Might... Yeah, all mm. of these things. Yeah, yeah. So I might I might indulge it. Peter says, "Don't go mad if you have a glass of wine with Katie on Saturday night." <laughs> Um, with that in mind, is it is the bottle still in the cupboard behind you? Yeah, yeah. No, never mentioned it. Still there. <laughs> <laughs> how's how's mum? She's been quite quiet this week, but so we were talking about uh, my sister Debbie. Obviously, she's getting on with doing up the house. Queen epididymitis. Uh, yeah. Epim <laughs> The house in Epi... Living in Epi to divide. That's it. Yeah. No. But, uh, no, uh, I said to my mum, oh, Debbie sent me some uh, shots through of the of what she's done so far because she's been stripping the um, the floors, you know, sanding them down. Yeah. And uh, it's a massive job to, to be doing it. And uh, I said, she's done the walls. She's not done the paintwork yet. And uh, she's getting on with the with the ceilings. Oh, my mum said the ceilings, yeah. She said, I think that's the main problem with that house. It's got too many ceilings. I thought, I think it's got one in every room, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, June. Before we both had a sleepless night, Howard remembered the chap with the French pronunciation. It wasn't Bruno, it was Julian Miguel. And as promised, I will pop the Fanny Farmer Christmas decoration picture up on our Instagram and Facebook pages. And you can always get in touch with us via our email, podcast at theshackbaggerly.co.uk. So that's it for another week. Thank you for listening and see you next time. Right then, off to see Howard now. Wonder if he got his donut.